Hello, Kingsters, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Kinky as Fuck podcast with me, your host, The Reverend. Today, we're going to be talking about sex and BDSM, sex and fetishism, sex and polyamory, sex, baby. Anyway, uh, (laughs) we're going to be talking about do you actually need to be sexually active to be a member of these communities? And we'll be getting into that in just a moment. But first, I need to thank our amazing sponsors, starting with FetishForLife.com. Show your love for everything kinky and fetish as fuck with T-shirts, play bags, coffee mugs, and so much more. All of that by Fetish Artist, the artist who knows what fetish tastes like. Also, big thank you to Sanctuary LAX, who is back, by the way. Sanctuary LAX had to move locations, but they are reopened Go to SanctuaryLAX.com to check out the events going on there. And of course, a big shout out to our sponsor, Spotify. And with that, Kingsters, let's start the show. And now it's time for the Kinkiest Fuck Podcast with your host, The Reverend. Be very, very quiet. We're looking for Kingsters. <laughs> This week on the podcast, we're talking about whether or not you need sex to be kinky. Oh, oh, oh my baby's naked. Yay! Are you ready yet? Nope. Are you ready yet? No. Are you ready yet? No. Okay. A big shout out to all of our sponsors that make this podcast possible. The Kinky is Fuck Podcast. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash kinky AF podcast. Yay! Now, oh, fuck. All right, Kingsters, let's get right into it. Today, we're talking about sex and kink, or sex and BDSM, sex and fetishism, sex and polyamory, sex. We're talking about sex. <laughs> it seems to be a hot topic right now, um, and it, it kind of ebbs and flows. It comes up every, like, I don't know, five to ten years. Do you need sex to be a part of the kink community, the polyamory community, uh, the fetish community? So why, one, is this a question that comes up all the time? Two, who are the people that are telling those that don't want sex that they are frauds because they don't want sex? And third off, who the fuck cares? It is your thing. It is your kink. It is your fetish. It is your relationship. Make it what it is for you what is right for you how many seasons do i have to like be ranting about the same thing (laughs) if you're not having fun you're not doing it right how many times have i said that so the thing is no you do not need to be sexually active to be a part of the fetish community the kink community the polyamory community and if you don't believe me Ask the asexuals. They're a part of all of these communities, and they don't have sex because they don't want sex. They're asexual. They don't want it. They don't need it. So who are any of you to tell a whole group of individuals that they are not welcome because they don't want sex? Well, Reverend, that's just one you know small group of people that... No, no. You back down. (laughs) Because even if you want sex, do you need sex to be a part 
of the BDSM, fetish, any of these communities? No. And if you don't believe me, go ask the tease and denial people. Literally, their kink is to be sexually frustrated and not have sex, not be able to masturbate, be sexually denied. That is their kink. That is literally, <laughs> they don't want it. They want it, but they don't want it. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a struggle. I'm a part of one. I'm a part of that group. It's a struggle. So, <laughs> I love this. People try to say that BDSM and fetishism is all about sex. It's not. It is not all about sex. And I have actually done some research, and I found some awesome things. The definition of a fetish is a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, uh, part of the body, etc. So, did that say anything about it actually leading to sexual intercourse? No. I am sexually gratified worshipping feet. Do I have sex when I worship feet or worship any part of the body? No, I don't have sex. It's something that is fulfilling to me because I'm engaging in that, that fetish of mine. I don't have any sexual release in the traditional sense, but I do have a bit of a you know, sexual gratification being able to perform these things. And that's exactly what that definition was. According to Global News back in July of 2019, it says in an article in Fetishism, the subject of desire is not necessarily related to sexual intercourse, yet the fetish drives a person's sexual arousal, sexual fantasies, and preferences. Fetishes can be a part of a healthy and playful sexual life for individuals and couples, but also forms the basis of some sexual subcultures. So yes, it can fuel amazing sex. It can. And you know what? If you've watched, I don't know, 365, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, whatever the hell, did those individuals end up needing BDSM, bondage, any of the fetishes? No. They had plenty of sex through all those books and movies without it. Whenever I see this crap on like Hollywood, HBO, whatever, it's like, ooh, yeah, there's some great BDSM scenes in there. I'm like, cool, I'm going to watch. And then I'm like, that was it? Oh, for Hollywood, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty out there. <laughs> but in the, in the stories... It always ends up with this whole thing of, oh, well, see, they didn't need BDSM. They ended up just needing each other. <laughs> terrible movies, terrible books, in my, in my humble opinion. But they ended up not needing those fetishes in order to have sex. So why is this over and over and over again the conversation? of, well, you can't actually be a kinkster if you're not having sex. Wrong. Again, talk to the asexuals, talk to the tease of denial groups, talk to the chastity people, talk to professional dominatrixes. 
Dominatrixes? I need to find out the plural for that. But anyway, pro-doms are not having sex with anybody. Like, it's not legal. So why do people go to a professional dominatrix to explore fantasies? Is there sexual gratification? Absolutely. Is there sexual intercourse? Absolutely not. Now, if you have a special arrangement or anything like that that I can't legally talk about because it's actually illegal, well, go for it. But there are plenty of people who can separate and do separate sexual intercourse and fetish or kink or polyamorous relationships. Now, what really burns me is that a lot of people that are getting into poly, uh, polyam or polyamory think that they're going to have all of this absolutely breathtaking, amazing sex. And you know what? If that is a byproduct of you going into polyam, <laughs> go forth and get your rocks off. But you're talking more of the swinger scene. You think that you're going to go out there and have tons of sex. That's, that's what swingers do. If you're going into fetishism, polyamory, um, anything, thinking that you're going to get a lot of sex, you're going to be disappointed. Because it's not about the sex. Polyamory is about making an actual connection with someone. Turning into a relationship. And balancing that between the multiple partners. If you're thinking that you're going to get, you know, a, a you know, a third that you just have sex with, that's a friend with benefits. Which again, that's that's great and all, but don't try to to say that you're polyam when you're really just having an open relationship. Don't try to say that you're, you know, into BDSM when really you just want to have kinky sex. So, where does all this lie? All of this lies in negotiation and being honest with yourself. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about being truthful to yourself, being truthful to your partner, being upfront because holy crap there is nothing worse than getting on FetLife or whatever app and creating this whole thing of oh yes I'm a uh, I'm a kinkster I love this stuff I love this stuff but when you meet all you're pushing for is sex I have actually talked to multiple people that wanted to be in chastity with me as their key holder. The next thing I know, instead of presenting me with a chastity cage, they're presenting me with a condom and lube, which is not what we negotiated. They say, oh, you got me all hot and bothered. Let's do it. 
No. Literally, you're asking for the opposite of what we just talked about. A lot of people that go into polyamory, <laughs> I've heard stories left, right, up, and center of I started talking with this person. I thought we were making a connection. The next thing I know, they're asking me for nudes. And it's like, well, I don't think we're there yet. And then they're ghosted. They get like maybe one to two days of, hey, how are you? Oh, good. Like, what are you into? Show me your tits. <laughs> you know, it's just, mm. and for a lot of people listening right now, it's like, wow, two to three days before that, huh? Huh, lucky. <laughs> oh, my God. So a lot of people are out there looking for kinky sex, and they will try a lot of different ways to get it. And you know what? I don't respect that hustle. I don't. If you want kinky sex, put it out there and say, hey, you know what? I'm honestly looking for kinky sex. If a relationship blossoms from this, cool. But I'm looking to get a carnal need and fantasy fixed. I want to experience it. I'm looking for it. I'm actively pushing for it. That's what I want. I would respect that so much. But instead... They put on a mask, and they say, oh, well, yes, I'm, I'm a kingster, and I'm a, I'm a very uh, wonderful dominant, or I'm a very, you know, slavey submissive. <laughs> if anyone says slavey submissive, um, that's a red flag. Uh, as soon as it left my mouth, I'm like, no one says that. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so, again, negotiate really know what you're looking for. A lot of people go into polyamory thinking that they can handle this next relationship, this third, fourth, fifth. I knew a couple people that ended up having 10 different relationships and I, I, I asked them how they did it. And the way that they could handle it was pretty unique. They had two people each so the main couple had two other people that they saw on a weekly basis other people were in different states were in different countries where they only saw them like once a quarter once a year some are just online relationships and you know what i'm sorry for saying that just online relationships if you have any relationship that's consensual, it's valid. So I apologize for saying that. But 10 different relationships all taking different levels of uh, attention and organization, and it worked for them. But if you're thinking that, you know, you're going to open up your relationship, you're going to hunt for a unicorn don't <laughs> unless you really know what you're looking for if you are really looking for I think the polyam community calls it a triangle where everyone's in a relationship with everyone that's great but if you and your significant other are just looking for someone to join them for kinky sex be honest about it be like hey would you like to come over and hook up 
friend with benefits, one night stand, whatever. Communicate that. Really know what you're looking for. A lot of people turn to BDSM or kink or fetishism to fix the relationship that they're currently in. That's not okay either. The All of these communities, kink, fetish, BDSM, polyam, whatever, were not therapists. We're not relationship coaches. Now, yes, we have those in our community, but... <laughs> Uh, they leave that at work. So again, if you are honestly looking to open up your relationship and everything is fair and communicated properly, go for it. It's beautiful. If you are honestly looking to get into BDSM, kink, uh, fetishism, and you know what you what your wants are, what your needs are, and you're actually communicating those, go for it. It's wonderful. I love my community. But don't try to project your wants onto somebody else. And here's the other side of that coin. If you are sitting there thinking that this person is going to be amazing but then they show up to your doorstep demanding sex I'm sorry but that's a red flag if someone tries to tell you that you're not submissive enough because you're not having sex that's coercion they are lying to you you don't have to have sex to be submissive you don't have have to have sex to be a dominant. You don't have to have sex to be a goddess, a mistress, a master. Sex and BDSM are a part of a Venn diagram, but they're in different circles. They do overlap. If that's what you want. But for me, there's only a couple of people out there at all that I would do anything with. First off, I'm in a monogamous relationship with my slave w and wife, <laughs> V. She's the only one I have sex with. Period. That's it. There's one or two people out there, though, that have uh, done strap-on or fisting or anal play to me. And there's one or two people out there that I have done orgasm torture or tease and denial and stuff like that. But 99% of my play is impact and violet wand. <laughs> There's one partner I had back in the day, which was a Wednesday. Anyway, Dan Cook. <laughs> there was one partner back in the day who ended up having orgasms because of the violet wand. And everyone was jealous of that bitch. <laughs> everyone was like, she what? I'm like, I know. And it was cool. It was lovely. Was it the aim of that play? No, it was not. We found this out by accident. We found out that she could have an orgasm through electric play, like the violet wand, on accident. 
Was I taking the violet wand and like just hitting her clit with it? No. That was the weird part. That blew my mind. We negotiated that I did not go towards her genitals. Nipples, butt, back, feet, everything else. Fine. Do not go towards the genitals. So I didn't. But <laughs> when the violet wand ended up touching her butt in one specific spot, she came. Which I was mortified. Like, oh, shit. I accidentally crossed the, crossed the boundary. And afterwards, you know, I said, hey, I'm, I am so sorry. And she's like, don't. Don't be sorry. One, that was an incredible orgasm. And two, I didn't know I could do that. You didn't know I could do that. You still didn't touch my genitals. And I had an orgasm? Like, that was impressive. Let's do that again. Great. Everything was fine and dandy. But <laughs> it was not the aim of the play. She liked um, Violet Wand. She liked Happy Zappy Time, as he calls it. And she liked having her, you know, her body touched. The orgasm was not the goal. Any other person I've ever played with, they've told me that they were, you know, sexually frustrated when they left, or that they were sexually gratified, depending on what we negotiated to do sexually frustrated are my chastity tease and denial all of those people and i love them dearly sexually gratified are the ones who wanted happy zappy time bondage sensory deprivation um impact you name it it was something that sexually excited them and served to scratch an itch that they had. And that was lovely. I love playing with all those people. I have probably had um, playtime with shit. I don't know. Let's just say 100 people in my 15 years in the BDSM community. I have had sex with three. That's it. Sex does not need to be a part of your play. It can be a wonderful additive if you so choose. But it does not need to be a part of it. And anyone who tells you otherwise in a way that's putting you down is gaslighting you. So, be honest with yourself know what your needs and wants are and know what your soft limits and your hard limits are now we've talked about these on uh, you know all of these terms on other episodes but i'll quickly just say them again needs is what you absolutely need if you need aftercare you need aftercare if you need you know certain words to be said or not said or what have you, that's a need. If you want your hair pulled, that's a want. That's not something that you absolutely need to have in play. You're not going, <laughs> but did you die? <laughs> if, if you don't get your hair pulled, w would you die? No. 
if you did not have aftercare after a scene, would you crash? There are certain people that just get up from absolutely incredible, hard, pounding play and just go, that was cool, thanks. There are other people, me included, who are a sobbing, spongy mess that need aftercare. That's a need. Do I want to, you know, kiss someone's feet? Or do I want to be restrained in a certain way? Yeah, those are wants. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to die if those things don't happen. Hard limit and soft limit. Soft limit is something that, again, you just are iffy about might not be something that you like but you could accept you know just for me a soft limit is degradation now hardcore degradation no go fuck yourself that's not for me but calling me little little names you know light degradation light humiliation i'm okay with it i don't like it but if it's what my partner needs in the moment Okay. Clowns, hard limit. I will punch the fuck out of a clown. <laughs> Just bam! <laughs> um, the words pathetic or useless, those are hard limits. That is when degradation and humiliation goes too far for me. I know my worth, and I, I just am triggered by anyone trying to tell me that my worth is useless or pathetic. So, those are the differences there. Have your soft limits and hard limits and all of those things ready before you even look for a partner. If you're brand new to the scene, because we have a lot of influx because COVID's done, and a lot of you are going, carpe diem, do it, seize that day. But <laughs> get, become learned in this scene. There are tons of books out there. There's plenty of podcasts. Uh, if you go on FetLife and put in your, your town or your county, um, a lot of events will pop up. You can find your community. You can find classes that are being taught. Um, there are plenty of places that are doing online classes still like Sanctuary LAX is doing a symposium. Um, Queen Anna is continuing to do her online classes. There's a ton of stuff out there. Go forth and learn before you jump into the deep end. I actually have one more story before we wrap up this episode. And I know I've talked about this before, but it's, it's very much on the forefront of my mind whenever this whole sex and BDSM conversation happens. I was teaching a class at DomCon a few years ago, and it was all about negotiation. It's negotiating. You negotiate every single day, whether you want to or not. <laughs> you negotiate your Starbucks order. I want this. Well, that's, I don't know, <laughs> 550 Okay, here you go. But this individual comes up to me and goes, hey... Uh, when you were talking about hard limits and soft limits, 
what about people who want to help you with a hard limit? Red flag, number one. Now, if it's a traumatic thing and you are, in fact, ready to work on that hard limit, tread softly, go slow, and work on it. If you need to bring in a therapist for this, <laughs> do it. Um, but I, I asked for more information. I'm like, well, what do you mean work on a hard limit? This individual, her hard limit was do not touch my nipples. Do not touch, suck, lick, bite. Don't, I, I would prefer don't even look at them. And I go, okay then that is your hard limit. Are you ready to work on that? She goes, well, no, but he's saying he's doing it for me. Huge red flag. Now, was it debilitating? It could be if someone touched it. If someone touched the nipple when she said, don't touch the nipple, yeah, that's debilitating. She actually told me that she had... Uh, a past traumatic event that now, whenever she even touches her own nipples, she becomes nauseous and she starts to cry. And it's a huge thing. And I felt terrible for her. But I'm also sitting there going, who the fuck is this guy saying that he wants to help her? When she wasn't ready. He sat there and said, oh, well, I want to help you through this. Why? Why is the question. Now, I can be assuming the worst. I can, I can think that this person was just selfish enough to be like, no, 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 babe. I, I'm going to help you through this. This is all for you, but secretly I want them titties. If that's your motivation, fuck you. If you're actually wanting to help someone through this debilitating thing, don't. Have them get a therapist. You're a kinkster, not a therapist. And if you are a therapist, you cannot be their therapist. It's actually in like the, the code of conduct or whatever the hell where you cannot be your partner's therapist. That's just me on my soapbox, but God damn it, I, I polish that soapbox. I make sure that soapbox is nice and pretty when I get up on it, and it's sturdy as fuck. But I digress. If someone wants to help you through a hard limit, know their actual end game is it because they want to satisfy that fetish of theirs or is it the fact that they actually want to make it better for you another quick story was a friend of ours had a really bad experience with a violent wand one time and one time is all it takes but unfortunately this one time was also her first time. And she had a terrible experience. She was terrified of violet wands ever since. And my mentor and my uh, the head of my household, House Ravenblood, Master Gabriel, 
was approached by her after doing a Violet Wand class. And she admitted, several years ago, I had a very bad experience, and I now have a little bit of a phobia of Violet Wands and electricity. I feel I'm ready to get over that. And you being the expert you are, and a friend, I'm going to ask you to help me. The two of them negotiated the shit out of it. It took like a week. Emails back and forth. Phone calls. Smoke signals. <laughs> all of it. She finally got up the courage, and Master Gabriel armed himself with enough knowledge of what's going on in her head that they were able to have a successful and fun Violet Wand scene at a play party. I don't think Violet Wand is her favorite still to this day, but it's not a hard limit anymore because she was ready to work through it. She found an expert who she trusted. Now, did a therapist need to come into it in this situation? No. She was ready for it. For the person who didn't want her nipples touched? We ended up ending the conversation with her saying, well, I'm pretty sure he has, you know, the best intentions. I looked right up at her and went, remember, the road to hell is paved with those. And I never saw her since. I wish her well if she's, you know, listening to the podcast. I still remember you, and I hope you're doing well. So, to wrap up this whole thing, do you need sex to practice BDSM? No, you do not. Do you need sex to be a part of the polyam community? <laughs> no, you do not. Do you need sex to be a part of the fetish community or just to engage in a fetish of yours? No, you do not. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they're selling you something. And it's probably their genitals. <laughs> this dick! <laughs> oh. All right, kinksters. Um, other than that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, welcome to season five. I'm probably going to say that in every single episode because we're in season five. <laughs> All right. You again can find us at kinkyafpodcast.com. That'll send you to the Anchor site, which has all of our episodes. Uh, you can also find us on FetLife, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. I don't really check Facebook ever. Uh, at Kinky AF Podcast. Send us a message. We will take a look at pretty much anything that's sent our way. If you like the show, please go on to Spotify or Anchor at the moment and leave us a positive review. Um, you can also review us on Podcast Addict and a few other things. And we would really appreciate that. That helps people find this podcast and it, it lets me know that you're having a good time. I'm having a good time. I hope you are too. 
You can also send us an email that's apparently very old school, and remember, I'm showing my age. What? <laughs> send us an email, kinkyafpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I've gotten so many messages from people all, all over the world just saying that they love the podcast and asking me questions, getting, me, you know, getting advice from me, getting advice from V. Um, we love that. Send it our way. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We love you from the uh, mobile <laughs> mobile kinkiest fuck podcast <laughs> command center. I'm the Reverend, and I'm out. Stop.